Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. And I am your host, Tariq Alameen. It is good to have you back, Radio Islam family. As you know, we are a live call-in talk radio program, and we air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. That's four W's in a row. I should be receiving some applause for that. You try saying that, www.wcev1450.com. But that is where you can log on and listen to the live stream. I think it's just a few seconds behind, but you can still keep up. You can also log on to www.radioislam.com. There you can see guest bios, programming, previous shows, articles, and more. As I've been mentioning, because the site, we are doing some revamping, we're adding content, we're taking things out. Um, There is a section on there where there used to be uh, tags for different hosts because we had a a multiple host format. Uh, Now we have one host that is me. Okay, so there's just one host now, so just one host tag. Uh, but that's one of the minor things that, that we're doing. But we are we are doing some revamping with our site. But it's still up, and you can still get a, get a lot out of it, so check it out. Uh, if you haven't already done so, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We've got the same handle for both of those platforms, and that is at Radio Islam USA. And make sure if you're on Facebook, I know all of the, you know, all of us, I guess we can call ourselves seasoned, um, but I'm still called a baby by my mother. Uh, in her generation, but uh, these gray hairs tell a different story. But I know most of us that are, we'll say 30 and up, are still using Facebook. Um, So, you know, it's it's still huge, and we are there. Radio Islam is there, so make sure that you like our page. Um, I put a post up just a few minutes ago, right before we came on air. Today is, wait for it, we need some special effects. Ibrahim, we need some special, like, we need, like, a drum roll so I could, you know, so I can say, wait for it, here it comes. Um, so we're, we're going to act like we had, we had a drum roll. It is What's Up Wednesday, all right? So we want to know what's up, what, what is on your mind, what are you thinking about today? I'm going to share, obviously, I've got the mic, so I'm going to share a few things that are on my mind, some things that might be on your mind uh, as well. Um, so if you want to chime in to tonight's discussion, if you want to let us know what's up with you on this, this is Wednesday. Man, that would have been really embarrassing if it was not Wednesday. Uh, but alhamdulillah, I'll praise be to God uh, that it is. So if you'd like to give us a call, please do so. 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Um, also, I think well, no, that's redundant. I've already mentioned uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow me directly or tweet me directly at uh, at Imam Tariq Elamin. I M A M T A R I Q E L A M I N at Twitter. Well, well, not at Twitter, but that's my handle on Twitter. And for you snappers, um, I'm on Snapchat at Radio Imam. That's my Snapchat, right? So I'm really just trying to get the hang of that. My youngest daughter. She uh she kind of clowned me. Uh, she was making fun of me because, you know, I just I got on there and I was trying to figure out how to 
uh, add music. I see, you know, I see people with the, the videos and, and they got music with them. So I was trying to figure out how to do that. And she just looked at me and she threw her L up. And in our house, you know, we joke around with one another, you know, that. So the L was for loser. So, uh, yeah, my, my, my baby called called me a loser. But she still helped me out. So, you know, she's a she's she's a good she's a good girl. She's a good person. So anyway, so what is up? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, first off, I began the day <clears throat> and there's there are things that happen to you as you get uh, as as you get older. Uh, those of you who are under 40 might not yet have experienced some of these things those of you are who have passed 40 these these things probably are happening to you maybe with a little more uh with a little more consistency uh, a little more regularity i spent i spent about a minute well i probably spent more than a minute but i'm only going to admit to a minute right now uh looking for my glasses um and i walked through my room uh, you know, and I'm trying to make trying to make the train to get downtown Chicago. You know, get down to the uh, studio to the office, and I'm looking all around, and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm thinking that you know I'm going to miss my train, and you know I'm going for the bedroom to the office, and I'm running around, and then something just kind of clicked, and said, you know, you can really see pretty clearly right now, and it dawned on me that I was wearing my glasses. So uh, I was hoping that that would be the low point of the day, um, but uh, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. But I'm not going to burden you with uh, you know with with my my troubles because they are a few. Uh, I am indeed blessed. But I got a I got a little bit of a chuckle out of that that I was walking around, and then somebody told me, or well, they shared this um, via Facebook, uh, said that. Is her sister. She, she said she was looking for a phone, and she was out in the park. I think she said it was an Eid celebration, and she's talking to a friend, and she's holding her phone, and she's talking to her friend, and she says, I can't find my phone. And then a brother comes over, and he says, what's wrong? She's like, I'm looking for my phone. I don't know where it's at. And she's talking to somebody on the other end, and they were going, where'd you see your phone last? <laughs> right? Now, this went on for, I mean, I think it went on from the way she tells it, for for a minute or two. And there were some folks, you know, who were kind of sitting to the side and they're paying it, and they're just laughing. And once again, you know, they all, I mean, everybody was caught up um, in looking for something that was right in front of them. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's a sign of of age or just a sign of how these things or some things just become a, a a, a, an unconscious or a subconscious part of ourselves, you know, glasses, phones, keys, things like that. Um, I've definitely looked for my keys before while holding them, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of things, those, those are the kind of things that happen to you. Um, and the, the best that you can do is just, you know, get a chuckle out of it. So if you follow us on Facebook, then you've seen our post uh, and the post that I put up, some of the things that I'm thinking about. First, I put up my wife, right? And I'll tell you how this is relevant. There was a, there's a hadith. I'm going to share the hadith with you. Uh, for those who don't know what a hadith is, that, that is simply just a saying. Um, a saying, and when we say a, a hadith, as Muslims, we are 
99.9%, well, just about 100% of the time, we're talking about Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Peace and prayers be upon him. So I was looking at a hadith, uh, and this hadith, it says that Anas narrated that the Prophet, peace and prayers be upon him, had a Persian neighbor who was good in cooking soup. One day he prepared some soup and invited the Prophet to it. Aisha, radiallahu anha, uh, may, may God be pleased with her, uh, was present. So the Prophet suggested to the neighbor that she should join them. The neighbor refused to include her in the invitation. The Prophet, therefore, declined the invitation. The Persian repeated the exclusive invitation for the Prophet, who once again declined the invitation. Now, in the third attempt, the Persian neighbor invited both the Prophet and his wife. Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. Then the Prophet accepted his invitation and went with Aisha to the man's house. This is uh, related by Muslim. So when I said I was thinking about my, my wife, I feel so blessed that I have a model that uh, gave honor to his wife. Um, I feel really fortunate to have that, that type of that as a pattern of conduct, you know, as, as, a, as a consciousness, as an, as an awareness, especially considering, you know, the objectification. And understand this, um, uh, family, understand this. So I have, I think I mentioned to you all, I have three daughters. I don't have any sons. I have four uh, sisters, right? Actually, I have five sisters, but I, I, don't, have, I don't have, I have no brothers. So... I think I have always been, uh, my life, my upbringing, my experiences have sensitized me to be aware of the, uh, of the, the, the feelings, aware of, the, uh, of how things impact um, the women around me, the women in my life. And when I look at our prophet, peace and prayers be upon him, um, there's another saying that, that he, you know, he says that the best among you is, is the one who is uh, best to his wives. And he says, and I am best, you know, I am the best among you um, to his wives. Uh, these things to me, these are really important. These are things that not just as men, uh, just as, as, as human beings, that we should really uh, take to heart. Because if this was something that was a really something that we really kept at the forefront of our minds and the forefront of how we uh, engage one another, then we would see, you know, we would see, a, a, you know, it would be a demonstrable, um, um, it would be noticeable, you know, immediately noticeable just in the conditions of our relationships, uh, in the conditions of our institutions, uh, education, you know, everything. Uh, and, and I'm going to say this last this, this last thing on this point. And that is, and I don't know if this is something that is particular to, to, to my Muslim family, but I, haven't, I have not seen it uh, in other spaces, right? So uh, the thing about America is that we have these hyphenated identities, right? I mean, we're human beings, but within this structure, we have hyphenated identities, you know, as a man, not just a man, but as a, uh, a black man, and not just as a black man, but also as a, uh, as a Muslim, right? 
as a, um, you know, a Muslim living in Chicago, uh, you know, and, and so on and so on, right? So, um, so we see things through, through different lights, and we have kind of like this Venn diagram, if, you know, for those of you who know, know, it's the three circles, right, that connect, and there are connecting points, you know, uh, connecting categories of things that fall within those circles. So th- that is very much like our identities, this, this idea of hy- hyphenated identities. Or W.E.B. Du Bois, um, he referred to as the uh, double consciousness, right? We, we operate on and we, we exist on multiple levels. So it was double consciousness according to him, but really you could say we're at a point now where we've got triple and you know, quadruple consciousnesses. So to my point is this. I don't know if this is something that is particular to the Muslim community, to my Muslim family. But when it comes to female accomplishment, right, um, women who have, um, you know, who have, who have achieved, you know, they've achieved um, recognizable, you know, heights, you know, whether it be, you know, terminal degrees or, you know, success in business or activism or whatever it is. But I'm going to I'm going to focus this point um, very, very finely on uh, the, the terminal degrees. I've been I, I've seen this myself. I don't know if you have and you, you tell me where there could be a brother who is a doctor. Right. Whether it's an MD or a PhD. Right. Or ED, whatever. And he's addressed as doctor. And you have a sister with the same qualifications, or maybe maybe even more, right? But she is referred to as sister, right? And this is not something, and, and if it was if, we, if it was something that had just happened once, right, then I wouldn't be saying it, or twice I wouldn't be saying it. But it's something that I have seen, <clears throat> that I've seen happen, um, with enough. Uh, frequency to think that there might be something subconsciously, and I'm, and as, as as a Muslim, right? One of the things that we want to do is we want to try to put the best construction on things, right? We don't want to think ill of of others, of other people, of our brothers and sisters, or strangers for that matter. We don't want to think the worst. So that's why I think that it's a subconscious, um, it's, it's it's a subconscious problem that that manifests itself um but it's something to take note of and it's something that i take note of and that's why i mentioned to you my upbringing you know what i've been uh my surroundings and and how i've been sensitized so um so i i I guess this actually segues pretty sort of pretty decently uh into the next thing that i was thinking about as far as what's up right what's up wednesday is concerned and let me give you our phone number again real quick. That's 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. And you all, you know, once again, Ibrahim, this is probably a point where I should, like, we're, we're going to get the applause and all that because I didn't have to look down for the number. I have the number memorized now, right? Um, as a matter of fact, you all who are listening, like, the first three or four days that um, that I was just coming in as host, I am so sorry. I think I probably gave you all like three or four different numbers, like in the same in the same show. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
you know, but I mean, it, it, this is its own, um, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't see behind the mic, right? But, uh, you know, you got your laptop out, you know, you have your laptop out and you have, you've got your uh, little points that you need to make sure that you mention and uh, your, your, your numbers and, you know, we're streaming on this channel and, um, you know, and sometimes your eyes get to darting around and, you know, you transpose a, a six four seven. But, yeah, but I know I gave out at least three different numbers because I, got, I had people call me personally later on and say, look, I call that number, you know, and it was red shoeshine, you know, or, you know, somebody was trying to sell, you know, sell, sell crabs or whatever. Uh, and all I could do is, you know, I'm sorry, it's my, you know, I'm, I'm new on the job, but I've got the number down. Want to hear it again? Here it goes. 312-750-1178. Yeah, that's it? Okay. All right. We're going to have that applause for, um, uh, to put in tomorrow. So, um, segueing, right, moving right along, what's up Wednesday, we had, um, we had a brother in yesterday. As a matter of fact, we're going to have to replay that, uh, that episode because we had some technical difficulties um, with that, uh, with that broadcast, not sure exactly what happened. Um, I'm certainly not blaming our good friends over at WCEV because I'm sure they're listening <laughs> right now. But, um, but nonetheless, we did, uh, we did finish the interview, uh, with Omar Yamini and, uh, it's actually up on SoundCloud, but I think we're going to go ahead and rebroadcast it again um, we've got, we're talking with some folks from, um, what's the organization tomorrow? Protection for All. Protection for All. And, uh, and, and they do work with, um, you know, around DACA and immigrant rights. So we're going to have a good conversation, um, inshallah, you know, God willing with them tomorrow around that issue. So we won't be able to play it then. Friday, we've got a real treat. Uh, we've got one of the dynamic artists that, um, that performed at the CIOGC Youth Expo this past Saturday. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you her name right now, but you just wait. You know, I, sh- I should tell Should I tell him? You think I should? All right. All right, all right, all right. Her, her initials are found in the dictionary. Huh? <laughs> That's terrible. No, her initials are S-D. All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm not good at keeping secrets. Selma, <laughs> Selma Demir, inshallah, we're looking forward to having her. And we're waiting to hear back from um, uh, a couple of uh, the other performers. Uh, these are, are busy young people, and uh, we're looking forward to, to having them in because they, they did an awesome job. Um, but this sister in particular, uh, you talk about a triple threat, you know, um, as a vocalist, as a spoken word artist, and as a an actual artist, um, you know, she's just, just, just tremendous potential. And you can see some of the work. As a matter of fact, she won third place in the artist portion of the uh, competition. So she's on our Facebook page. She put, she had two, um, she had two pieces. One was called uh, Blackistan, <clears throat> which has a, a great story behind it. As a matter of fact, we're going to have to talk to her about that when she comes in, um, just talking about this idea of double consciousness. And the other one was called Ebony. 
which is, you know, which is another, thematically, these were both really strong pieces, strong entries. So um, let me get back to my point. All right. So my point was, uh, in talking with Omar, one of the things that he mentioned, he talked about his 15 years uh, of incarceration. And he talked about how, you know, just the, the environment of prison, it is so desensitizing, you know, uh, that, you know, you're used to these drab colors. Uh, there's limited exterior light. You know, you may not actually even get outside. Uh, depending on, you know, on where you are, but the lack of human connection, the, um, and the, not just the lack, but, uh, and the other side of it is the fact that you don't have your own space. You know, he talks about living in a 10 by 10 cell, right? Or smaller, depending on, you know, what your situation is. If you're in segregation, then that cell, I think, is, is even smaller. Um, Oh, and I'll, I'll tell you all this, uh, Radio Slime family. So, uh, you know, I've probably had, I've had, I've probably had more jobs than, than you probably would would believe, right? But one of the jobs I actually did have was, I spent about three years as a correctional officer, uh, and that was a, so I mean, so a lot of what what he was talking about, even though I got to go home every day, uh, I still related. I related to it um, on a on a different level, um, but but he talked about what brought him out of it, right? Uh, and he said, you know, that uh, that Allah took him from that place where he, you know, where he didn't have any space, where he was crowded, you know, all the the desensitizing uh, things, and put him in a position where he was surrounded by the women because his family's majority you know is is basically majority women at least that are here but one of the things that I uh, and that that helped to nurture him and 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 bring him to resensitize him you know back to being a a regular um individual you know um but what I really appreciated about his interview uh, and you couldn't tell it and if you listen and I encourage you to listen, uh, listen to the uh, to the SoundCloud, uh, go to SoundCloud and, and, and check it out. Excuse me, my throat is a little. Uh, <clears throat> so he um, in talking about all, all of these things, he also brought a, a sense of levity, right, and humor that you might not expect in hearing about this. So it was two things that really stood out for me from last night, um, you know. And we're gonna we're gonna replay it on, we'll, re, we'll we'll replay it Sunday, yeah. We'll put we'll cue it up. So for those who missed it, and you know, you're not able to get to SoundCloud, it'll be up Sunday, uh, God willing. But he said he was talking about the amount of time, the excessive amounts of time, uh, prison sentences that were being handed down in the um, uh, in the '90s in particular that he was talking about. And, you know, he said, you know, in the county, guys would go to court and they would, they would go before the judge and they would come back. And they would, you know, they would just be a, a blank face, you know, and, and he'd be like, well, what'd you get? You know, and they would say stuff like, you know, I just got five, <laughs> 500 years. <laughs> oh, excuse me. 
He said, she's got 500 years or, or, you know, 700, 800 years. You know, what? That that is absurd. I mean, that is just absolutely absurd. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, we're not supposed to be about uh, justice, especially when it's a heinous crime, right? When it's a crime where, you know, like the most vulnerable have been victimized. Um, but see, that's not always that's not always the case. Um, I, I mean, but there has to be there's, there has to be something that actually makes sense because those are basically just symbolic sentences. Right. You could just tell somebody they have natural life. Right. But to tell somebody, you know, 800 years that that doesn't make, make any sense. But he also used the term which I mean, really almost knocked me out of my chair as I'm sitting looking at him. And we're talking, and he says, us guys, we call that Star Trek time, right? He says, why do you call it Star Trek time? He says, you know, we'll see you in the future. (laughs) Whew, man. (laughs) So I'm like, that's that's just, that's that's, that's cold-blooded, you know. When you and the thing is, even though we've seen we've seen like horrible situations, what I can what I can attest to personally is that what I can attest to personally is that um, our ability to laugh, our ability to laugh. In, in some in dire situations that it really is a it is a saving saving grace of Allah. We've got a caller. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, welcome. You're on Radio Islam. This is Tariq. Well, look at my Islam. Um, I have a quick comment for What's Up Wednesday. Okay. What's Up Wednesday? Yes, sir. I'm getting fed up with people at work and school saying retired athletes and football players not taking a knee. However, um, what they should be tired of is not seeing justice for a huge segment of our society. Hmm. Okay, say that one more time. You said you're getting tired of people that work in school. Um, oh. Yeah, say oh. it one more time for myself and for the listeners. Hmm. I'm getting fed up with people at work in school saying they're tired of athletes and football players taking the knee um, when they should be tired of seeing how a certain segment of our population isn't treated right. Hmm. Thank you so much. That's what's up. Thank Th- you. Thank you. Um, so if if you all if you if you didn't hear it, I'm I'm gonna say uh, what the the caller just uh, what he said. You know, I asked you to you know give us a call, tell us it's what's up Wednesday, um, and he brought a, a very good point. You know, he says he's getting tired of uh, people at school and work. Uh, so I'm assuming this is probably a, a high schooler um, that he's getting tired of people uh, at school and work. Uh, complaining about people taking a knee, athletes taking a knee, when they should be complaining about the um, the victimization of um, you know of, of of a certain segment of our people. You know, speaking uh, particularly, uh, I'm I'm he's speaking particularly to uh, the concerns of uh, African Americans. You know, so <clears throat> you know, or, or you could just say people of color, black and brown, right? Uh, we know what the uh, the composition. Uh, we know what our composition of the 
um, the citizen, uh, citizenry of the United States when it comes to uh, African American. I think we are 13%. Um, that sounds about right. The African American is about 13% of the population. So, but they comprise about 60% or upwards of 60% of those who are incarcerated. And then when you start looking at uh, statistics for police encounters and fatalities resulting from them, in comparison, you know, if you do that black-white comparison, then, you know, you see numbers that are, you know, totally disproportionate. Uh, If you look at police resources allocated to uh, communities of color, you know, the whole concept or the reality of over-policing, yeah, so I don't want to... I don't want to go in too hard on on his point, but um, that, you know, thank you so much for calling and sharing that with us, which actually I can, once again, you know, a nice smooth segue. Um, The other thing that was on my mind, well, let me close this out. Um, I was mentioning that just with the discussion with Omar uh, about his time in prison and just the laughter that came out of a very strange place, that we it it is really a blessing to be able to laugh to find um to find to be able to find humor to still be able to say you know because that is when you can't laugh right when your laughter is taken from you then really your joy it is it it is gone um and there's a a, a ayat a verse in quran you know uh which states it says that um Allah is the grantor, God is the grantor of laughter and tears, right? So you might go through some difficulty, you know, you know, and we all will, we all do, right? But we should also know that there's balance in that, that we should also be looking for those moments that we can pull some laughter out of it, enjoy it, you know? Because you, you, we'll all, have, we'll all have, our, uh, have our share of tears. So, but to the, uh, to the, list, to the, to the uh, listeners or to the caller's point, I could not help but think about uh, Ray Lewis. And I'm, you know, I, I could, you know, you mentioned him by name. For those of you who don't know who Ray Lewis is, if you're not, you know, football aficionados, you know, uh, football fans. And um, then he was the, I mean, he was, I'm not going to say revolutionary, but, you know, as he was a middle linebacker, played for the Baltimore uh, Ravens. And he, I think he had maybe a, 16-year career, 17, something like that. But, I mean, he was a phenomenal uh, athlete. And he had some controversy uh, around him as well. I don't recall all the details, but I think it was something regarding someone lost uh, their life and that he was involved with it. Uh, It was, you know, the case made, of course, national headlines. Anytime it's a a, um, a celebrity or an athlete involved, you know, the media is going to, of course, take note. And... But anyway, he was acquitted. You know, he wasn't. He you know, was found now gu- not guilty. But now, as a retired player, when um, he has taken on a different, a different role. So when Colin Kaepernick, you know, former San Francisco 49ers uh, quarterback, when he began his silent protest, uh, and, and and the responses, you know, from the. Uh, from folks, you know, started getting around, you know, you're disrespecting the flag and, uh, you know, you're un-American and, you know, all of these different uh, 
different uh, responses that were given. Ray Lewis took it upon himself, you know, to go front and center and, you know, and, and kind of stood with the establishment. Um, and then, oh, so this is, this is notable because now that there have been some NFL owners, and to be quite honest with you, I probably need to give myself a refresher on this one. But I know some NFL owners have, um, they've kind of joined the protest uh, after President Trump's remarks, right? So they turned this more into a, a peaceful, they turned this more into a freedom of speech conversation as opposed to what it was originally about, you know, about, you know, black lives, you know, being taken at the hands of um, police. So Ray, um, when, the, when the NFL owners jumped in, then Ray jumped in. And now, from what I understand, he's reversing himself. And I'm not going to use a term that was uh, applied to him, uh, but Tariq Nasheed on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, just look up um, Tariq Nasheed. And he called him something like an opportunist, uh, but it was, it was, it was hilariously um, true and sad at the same time. Um, uh, you're on Radio Islam. This is Tariq. Hi. I just got a, uh, an observation about the topic. It's interesting how uh, your president uh, went and made a comment while he was speaking in Alabama to those people he felt were uh, of his opinion and how he uh, used language about the, how the players who were participating with uh, kneeling should be all fired. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how uh, I'm sure it backfired on him. Yeah. Because now you have owners, you have all of these other people now taking a knee. And, uh, you know, he's been somewhat quiet about this. So... Uh, all of this, I think, is galvanizing people to really come out and admit what's going on with uh, police brutality and the treatment of uh, African-Americans, Mexicans, and so on. So uh, I just found it very interesting what? that especially those people of color who decided to be on the bandwagon when it was not popular. You know what? Uh, that's, that's a great point. And, uh, and thank you for the call. And let me ask you this do you think that even as the NFL owners um, are, or the establishment, right, we can call them the establishment, as they become involved or support uh, kneeling or, or silent protest, do you think that the protest itself is being diluted? Do you think that the original intent of the protest, has it shifted from trying to shine a light on um, the police killings of black men in America uh, and police brutality to um, to free speech. Do you think it's shifted, or do you think people are actually still looking at the original point that um, that Colin uh, was trying to bring uh, light to? What I found interesting was that I thought it was shifting to to that at first, but there are more people, uh, Caucasians, that are coming out and they're saying. The reason that there is this protest is because of the treatment that African-Americans are uh, receiving at the hands of, of, the, of the police. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard someone uh, make the comment, 
They need better training. They need uh, what they're doing is just wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing more of that sentiment than just, you know, he just shouldn't do it. So I think it, it is not as diluted as it as it could be. But I think the reason that it's being done is is, is talked about more. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that call. That's a that's a very um, you know that's an astute observation. And um, you know I think we're at a point we can go ahead. We're going to take us a short a short break, uh, family. Remember the number. I'm so proud of myself. I know the no, I know the phone number. Uh, that's like a little kid, you know. I know my phone number. Uh, that's 312-750-1178. 312-750-1178. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM, and we will see you in just a minute. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got